Welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. Tripping Over the Barrel, episode 100. Congratulations, Aggie boys. You guys are the ones that made it on. Now, I have to tell you, I wish that it was another Aggie that was on this call for number 100 instead, but you know what? I guess given the circumstances, we can have uh, Chip, Billy, and Gary come in. Um, huge thanks to the three of you for making time. This is Tim's crew of college buddies who became lifelong friends afterwards, um, and, and so uh, honored and glad to have you guys on the podcast, um, despite the obvious sadness and, and reasons for why you're here. But I'd love to get an introduction, um, true tripping over the barrel style, like who the hell are you guys? Where did you come from? Obviously, you all ended up at A&M, I guess, in the late 80s, and that led to whatever the hell you guys have done for the rest of your lives. But I want the down low on uh, Billy Jacks, Gary Buffington, Chip Chalmers. Why don't you start us off, Billy? Okay. Hi, I'm Billy Jacks. Um, Grew up in uh, Ruston, Louisiana, north central part of the state. Most people know it's the home of Louisiana Tech. Uh, when I graduated from high school, my parents actually banished me out of state. So almost ended up at Mississippi State, but last minute ended up at Texas A&M. Uh, I actually was a year ahead of Tim, Chip, and uh, Gary. Uh, so I didn't meet Tim until my sophomore year, I guess spring of his freshman year. Uh, I always lived off campus. They all lived on campus. And I think that was kind of our place was where I lived with my brother at the time. And that sort of turned into their kind of hideout away from the dorm rooms um, and also gave them a place to kind of go drink and uh, just kind of escape the what? normal kind of college stuff. Once everyone turned 21, you mean? <laughs> well, see, I was conflicted because I grew up in Louisiana and it was still 18 at the time. Ah! Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, kind of. So I had the bootlegging service. I would buy it in Louisiana, bring it back to Texas. <laughs> nice, I'm man. Sure uh, some limitations are up by now. No doubt. I hope. Um, Gary, Gary Buffington, why don't you uh, give us a little bit and then we'll go to you, Chip. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Gary Buffington. Uh, unlike Billy, I grew up on the other side of Texas in New Mexico, a small town called Hobbs, New Mexico. I came to A&M in 88 with Tim and Chip, uh, and I did meet them while living on campus. So it was a rather fun time. It was early, early on, trying to figure things out. Uh, and definitely went over to Billy and Kevin's quite a few times to have adult beverages before we were supposed to. And Mr. I'm Chip Chalmers. I'm uh, I'm from inner city Houston, uh, much the opposite of Hobbs, New Mexico and Ruston, Louisiana. Uh, um, I met Tim first. I met uh, we were next door neighbors in the, in the dorm. Um, we pretty much started forming our intramural uh, um, <laughs> our intramural Softball. group of teams uh, dynasty in day zero of our college experience. So really got to know him because we just had a lot of, uh, we both were very active people, um, liked to play sports and quickly discovered we liked to drink beer. And, uh, and I already knew Kevin from, uh, I knew Billy's brother, Kevin from um, summer orientation. So mm -hmm. I already had a spot to go off campus. 
So we were pretty much set to begin with. So I want to go, well, we got a million Tim things to talk about, but I want to go back to each of you and, and why did you guys choose A&M? What, why did you guys go to A&M? Did you know you wanted to be in oil and gas? Like what was the, I mean, obviously you grew up one of you in, in Texas two surrounding it, but why A&M? I'll go first. Mm. Mine was pretty straightforward. I, I got into A&M because they had a nuclear engineering program. So I wasn't going to be in oil and gas. It was going to be uh, the deep water. They had a really cool reactor there. And my freshman orientation, basically when they signed you up for class, <laughs> I had an advisor say, so you want to be on a submarine, right? And I'm like, no, I don't want to be on a submarine. I don't like the water. And there's funny stories that go along with that with Chip and Billy and Tim. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I said, no, I don't want to be in the water and I don't want to be in a submarine. And he goes, well, then you don't want to be a nuclear engineer because that's pretty much the only job you're going to get. So he switched me over to electrical engineering right there on the spot. So that was, that was my take and how I got into A&M. Nice. I, um, I, I grew up an A&M sports fan and they gave me a full scholarship. So that's pretty much it. Wow. For sports? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't think so. <laughs> how about you, Mr. Jax? Uh, at the time, I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. And A&M had this brand new shiny mechanical engineering building with all the coolest robotic robotics labs and other kind of stuff. And... I pretty much just went there. My parent or my father went to AM. I kind of did a college visit just to appease him and fell in love with that building. And then two years later, I became a business major like half of the other engineers. It, it seems like the people who went to AM take an enormous amount of pride in having gone to AM. Um, Tim was the first person I knew that wore a class ring that wasn't like an 18 year old kid in high school. So I guess you guys have that thing going for you. Um, but really a lot of um, hardworking, smart, friendly people, I think engineers who, um, you know, have a, a real personality. Or maybe I'm just taking Tim's personality and plastering it on everybody who went there. I kind of totally, <laughs> totally off. But I want to I get into it. So, um, Chip, you said you met Tim first, and a lot of the hanging out was done over at the, the Jack's place. So... What was it like, man? Tell me, tell me some stories. Tell me some of the fun, the craziness that it was like back in, in college. Um, you know, one of the first really bad ideas we ever did was go to Ruston, Louisiana with, uh, with, with <laughs> um, um, that was probably our sophomore year, really our freshman year. I was, I was dating a girl in Houston and he would, Tim would make road trips to me back to Houston to go to high school football games. And that was not a lot of stories. That was really just kind of dumb, but uh, yeah, going to Ruston where we saw a, a different, um, a whole different culture uh, as Billy alluded to earlier, you know, they really, I, I never did understand what their drinking laws were. Um, I think you could, it was legal for them to sell you alcohol, but it wasn't legal for you to have it. Is that something? Is that, that is correct. correct. Oh, that was correct. Yes. That's, that's so, that seems so Louisiana to me. That's like, Louisiana. It's come up with the most ridiculous rule. I... And, and, you know, me being me, I was the one that really pushed those rules as far as I could. Uh, and then some, <laughs> and um, Tim was, you know, the thing about Tim was stories was he was the one that usually kind of stayed out of, like he, he was always there. 
that he wasn't the central character for, for good reason. He always had a little bit more maturity than the rest of us. He was, he was there to experience it, but he wasn't there to, to, um, to, to be the, 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 the central character of the escapade. Um, the catalyst of debauchery. The catalyst of there. That's that's yeah. You're the you're the professional podcaster. That's exactly Alleged, what it was not allegedly. Yeah. No, but I actually I see that with Tim. Right, like he to me he was always like a like a big kid. You know what I mean? Like he had this awesome curiosity about him. He always wanted to have fun, but like most kids, like he knew the difference between right and wrong, which I think everybody needs that person in their group and to have that sort of um, like even keel level sense. Um, Billy, how about you? Because I know that, you know, you you eulogized him very beautifully at his celebration of life and made me laugh really hard uh, a number of times. Talk about how college kind of started your relationship with Tim and then, lo and behold, living near each other and being basically best friends for over 30 years. Uh, well, it's a long kind of convoluted story. Um, actually, our wives met first. Uh, they met their freshman year. Uh, they were both a year ahead of, uh, of Tim. And originally, they tried to set Tim up with my brother. And that turned out to be hate at first sight. Really? <laughs> uh, within about 15 seconds, they had both realized, no, no. Uh, my brother was going through an asshole phase at the time. Uh, Tim would argue if he ever grew out of it. Uh, Danielle was coming off of kind of a long-term boyfriend. And so uh, anyway, they did not click at all. So I was plan B uh, with that. And then ended up introducing (laughs) Sprite later. Uh, But anyway, since uh, our wives were always hanging out together, Tim and I obviously spent a lot of time kind of hanging out together. Uh, And just, uh, we did a lot of intramural sports together as kind of Chip alluded to. I actually got Tim involved in officiating intramural sports because he was upset at officials just like I was. Um, so we were actually, we just had a lot of the same activities uh, with that. And then, uh, when these clowns moved into 103 Pepper Tree, uh, everything kind of shifted over there. And I think I was probably over at their apartment more than I was uh, my apartment. That's awesome. Gary, let's talk about uh, you and Tim kind of going back in the day and then um, subsequent kind of friendship afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, so Chip got day one with, or day zero, day one, whatever with, with Tim. And when we moved into 103 Pepper Street, I got a lot more Tim, but before that, what I remember was the first couple of times and I I'm a basketball player, never swung a bat in my life. Especially nobody also, throwing a ball at me, swinging at also it. full scholarship, full scholarship at A and M for basketball. Yeah, much like Chip, I, mine was full scholarship also, but like Chip, also academic. Uh, <laughs> although I did win two state basketball championships in New Mexico, but again, it is That's New cool. Mexico, so not so good. Anyway, what I remember is the first couple times I went out to play softball with them, and I am have I have zero skills around us, Chip fantastic. Billy, fantastic. Billy was an amazing center fielder, could run anything down. You couldn't hit it past him. And Tim was just the nicest out of all of them trying to take care of me. Because where do you put the worst player? I got to catch. So, so <laughs> it was, I'm catching. 
And Tim is always doing his best to give me like, hey, you know, this is what you should be thinking about or think about this or look at it this way. And I remember specifically one time he, we're standing out, we're going through the batting and he goes up and he goes, hey, Gary, now watch this. Now, I'm going to watch where the second baseman plays. I'm going to poke this right over the top of his head and I don't have to swing hard at all. And I'll get to second, I'll get to first, maybe even the second. And I'm like, well, okay, whatever. And sure enough, he goes up there and he just, bing, right over the top of the second baseman. Couldn't even get to it. Tim rounds, goes to the second base. It was, and I was like, okay, well, I can't do that either. But it was one of those things where he was always trying to encourage, trying to help me, trying to, you know, I was basically a fish out of water on that situation. So you know, that led into when we moved into 103 Pepper Tree, the fun times we had there. And it's just been a, it was just a fantastic friendship. Really can't say so I'm, I'm, I'm glad Billy brought that the the pepper tree thing up because we lived there for two years. Um, we started a tradition. Was it the Saturday before the Saturday before each semester? We had a party and it got bigger and bigger. And there was rumors and I'm pretty sure it's true that people would show up for the next couple of years after we left to nice. one of three pepper tree the Saturday before school started. That's tremendous, man. You know, this, this podcast actually is starting to give me some hope because I thought I was the only one that talked about intramural slow pitch softball <laughs> still, but you guys Jeremy, are like 10 years older than me. So I'm good. Jeremy, we had three teams at once. At one time we had a, a men's, a men's intramural team, a co-rec intramural team. Sorry, Gary wasn't on that. You had to be kind of the top half of the guys. Uh, and we had a league team. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much, we were playing softball every night for, for a good several months. Like was Tim a good athlete because he, he was just so modest, but he made some statement when we had Sarush Sihun on who went to Columbia to play soccer. And Tim said, yeah, I know how it works with the Ivies. Cause I was a pretty good football player and I got recruited by some of the Ivies. I go, wait a second. We were 94 episodes. And now you're telling me this. So back when he was a strapping 18 year old young lad, he was a good athlete, right? He was good at everything. I mean, he was he was yeah. at least pretty good at everything. Um, you know, we Tim and I both showed up in our freshman year, probably gained, you know, gained weight like most people. 20 pounds or whatever. You know, I started we we ran um two miles a day every day and ate salads, and we both lost about 20 pounds at one wow. point in our freshman year. Um Tim was Tim was uh was good at everything. Yeah, he he was he was your epitome, you know, the epitome of the the um athletic white guy that, you know, wasn't super fast, wasn't super big, tall, couldn't jump a lot, but he could highly, highly coordinated and skilled at everything. And played hard. Well, and I think I think a lot of that growing up in a military family and he was always moving around every couple of years, you know, sports is the easiest way to kind of make friends. And, so and true. Tim did have really good hand-eye coordination, so he could really adapt to any sport pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, this is the stuff that you don't see. When I met him when I was thirty, and he was forty, right? I don't know. I don't. I mean, he, we played a little bit of golf, but that was really kind of it, right? At, at that point, but um, you look back at some of those pictures back then, he just looks like such an '80s kid, like straight out <laughs> of Central Casting for for going to the Karate Kid or being one of the bullies or something like that, you know. Yeah, awesome. he was the uh, yeah he he was the the villain probably in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. 
a good looking blonde guy. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about your careers. Like what, what do you guys do? I think Billy, I think you've been at Hill Corp for like two decades, which is pretty incredible, but like, what do you guys do now for your, your careers? Yeah, I guess I'll get started. Yeah. It's like you said, I've been at Hill Corp energy for 23 years. Um, Tim always liked to brag that he got me this job, which in a lot of ways he did. Uh, unbeknownst to me, he gave my resume to the VP of engineering, whatever, 23 years ago. Wow. And I just got a random cold call, you know, just say, asking me to come in and interview. Uh, almost hung up on it because I thought it was a telemarketer. That was when Texas was deregulating the whole energy market. And, you know, Hillcorp Energy was a private company. Nobody had ever heard of them. And so I've been in IT the whole time I've been here, kind of bouncing around different roles within the company. And, you know, right now I'm just doing finance and uh, accounting kind of application support. So I got to ask, and I hope this doesn't get you in trouble, but in the 23 years, Tim was mostly selling software in that time. Did you ever do business with Tim? Oh, yeah. See, uh, he was the technical sales guy when we purchased OFM from GeoQuest. Uh, when Spotfire started their energy business, we were their third customer. Nice. Um, yeah, where did you go? He went from there to Energy Navigator. Really liked the product there, but we already had a custom built solution. So it was it was more limited, right? Like the other products you talked about have a wider scope. Navigator had like two niche products. Yeah. And then when he went to OVS, uh, we ended up buying some properties from Conoco where we inherited the OVS software. So was that four, three or three or four times? And and how was that? Was it different or was it just same old Tim? Like you guys are, are here, you know, basically best friends, almost brothers. If you, if you look at what it's like with your college buddies and then he comes in the room sitting on the other side of the table, trying to sell you stuff. And then being your account manager, was it just all the same and super comfortable with Tim? Like, what was it like doing business with him? Uh, we actually had a rule between us. I was happy to make introductions. I was happy to kind of explain things to our side but he actually had to sell his product to somebody else in the company. The so, I, mean, I got rid of that conflict of interest from day one. And, and I would even tell whichever IT sponsor was going to take it on. You know, I'm here to answer questions. I'm not going to pressure you one way or the other. And, and Tim kind of, he honored that on our side. He never used our relationship to try to push something through or twist our arm or do anything else. So yeah. we if did a pretty good job of keeping professional and, and personal kind of split. Yeah. I mean, it's fortunate too for him that he worked at good companies. So, you know, he, I think he picked his spots pretty well. Yep. How about you, Chip? Uh, what's your professional interest? You're in oil and gas, I believe. Um, yeah, somewhat. I'm, I'm more process industry, oil and gas being part of that. Um, I've most of my career, I've sold uh, specialty engineered equipment. Um, I'm, my degree was mechanical engineering. I've never engineered a thing. I've always been on a sales track. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I, I deal with oil and gas, but refining petrochemical, um, LNG, but the, basically the process equipment. Um, so I, I haven't had any, uh, professional interaction with Tim. However, I did make a career change a year, a little over a year ago. And, uh, my new company out, out of the whole huge city of Houston, we're office in the same building, one floor up from, from OVS. Uh, <laughs> so it's, you know, everybody in my company knows Tim because just riding the elevator. And if you ride the elevator with Tim, you're going to know Tim. 
and uh, and there's yeah. a, you know a little, a little cafe on the on the bottom floor. So when he had his health issues, like my my whole company was really supportive and you know and and prayerful and um um uh, and I don't know I don't know Tim's coworkers, but all my coworkers know Tim's coworkers. So it was it was you know it, I, there was a good support team there when 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 you know starting in in April things went to hell for Tim. So um, that's that's kind of my interaction with him. Well, thank you for for sharing that, Chip. You have a distinct name, so you were definitely one of the ones that that I knew about. Chip Chalmers, you know, I was my old roommate, Chip Chalmers. How about you, Buff? Is that what they call you? They must call you Buff, right? Yeah, Buff or GB or Gary B. I came to I came to a college station with personalized license plate from New Mexico that said Gary B. So for the longest time, I was Gary B. Uh, but Buff is what I was called in high school. So I'll answer to a lot of things. So even something we probably shouldn't say on the air. Um, so my background, I I've been with Avio consulting. It's a company I own, uh, for about 14 years now. We do it implementations. Our focus is on integration, how we get systems talking together. Uh, we've also spun off and started doing not spun off, but started doing a lot of custom devs. So full stack development, hmm. but front end, back end, uh, across a wide range of, of platforms there. So that, that's my background. Got it. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, we could probably talk about some of that stuff after this call. I, I didn't either, Jeremy. We don't. I, I didn't either. I never knew what he did. <laughs> hey, but, we'll, we'll explain it later. But what he yeah, just described I still is don't know what he does. Vague. Actually, it's so. so vague what he just described that we still don't really know exactly what he does. It's this loose leaf implementation of technology. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's some consulting involved too, where you can't quite answer any question, but you can defer. Well, it depends. It always depends. <laughs> well, it depends. Sure does depend. Depends on you being a consultant. Um, <laughs> man, th- this is uh, this is awesome to see you guys. You know, we've had a few of these sessions, and and it was fun last week. We had the OVS guys. We had his brother offering kind of a unique and and different perspective. Um, and I know there's actually a lot of really special memories in in your lives that I just learned about. Some of them, some of the stories that we're going to dive into here, I'd heard before. Um, but I want to talk to you, Billy, about, I think Tim got engaged at your, at your wedding to your, to your current wife, right? <laughs> Is that correct? All right. Sorry. So Billy, is it true? Tim got engaged the day of your wedding to to your then current wife? Uh, yes, he did. Um, Tim and Karn had been dating probably for four years at this point. And Karn had already graduated from AM, and it was kind of that, you know, uh, he needs to propo- pro- uh, propose now. Yeah. And so Karn was kind of putting these really soft ultimatums out there. Tim, on the other hand, Tim was a very practical person. Sometimes you could argue he was a very cheap person. Uh, (laughs) So Tim didn't want to make a mistake by marrying the wrong person. So he overthought the whole thing for a long, long time. Uh, And then he had this uh, really nice summer job. He was actually able to make some decent money. And he went out and bought an engagement ring. And I think he had that for about four months before he actually proposed. And because he was overthinking, how am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? Um, 
and even kind of went back and forth. He's like, Hey, Billy, I want to try to do it, you know, around your wedding. And I'm like, Oh, no problem. You want to do it at the reception? I mean, I was like all for it. <laughs> but then everybody's like, no, that's Danielle's day. My wife, right. it's her day. you don't want to step on that. She'll hate everybody for it. Blah, blah, blah. And so, but Tim kept going around. He kept talking to people. Hey, do you think this is a good idea? Hey, do you think I should I do it? I mean, he's clearly overthinking it the whole time. How Karin never heard any of that is still amazes me. Um, so anyway, we uh, kind of get to my wedding and uh, I don't know if it was the day before the rehearsal dinner, the day of the wedding, went out to lunch and met my grandmother. Tim went with me and we're sitting there at lunch. It was at a Luther's barbecue. And my grandmother just looks at him and goes, oh, are you that young boy that's going to be proposing to his wife this weekend? <laughs> you know, and how my grandmother knew about it, I have no clue. Um, so anyway, we kind of, Tim just sort of hem and hauled through it and kind of, yes, ma'am, blah, blah, blah. We get through my wedding. We get through the reception. And Tim finally goes, okay, Billy, I'm proposing to her after the reception now, you know. We're going to go on a nice walk. There's a kind of a garden section. He was going to propose there. And well, when the reception was over, Karin goes, I'm tired. Let's go back to the room. And Tim's like, shit. So he's like, okay, well, I'll just propose there. They get to the room and Karin goes, I'm tired. I'm going to take a bath. And Tim's like, well, mind if I join you? And she goes, no, I'm taking a bath alone. <laughs> yes, I do mind. So Karin goes in there and proceeds to take an hour long kind of soak. So Tim goes, well, I guess I'm going to have to do it here. So he goes out on the patio. He finds some roses and puts petals out everywhere, sets it all up, lights a candle. Well, Karin comes out. She had taken her contacts out and she's blind as a bat. <laughs> oh, this is good. And so Tim had left a note that says, hey, join me on the patio. Well, she couldn't read the note. <laughs> Tim's oh poking God. his head in the door. He's like, hey, you want to come join me <laughs> out here on the patio? And. And so that was kind of where it happened. Then my mother, the next morning at like seven o'clock, is knocking on their door, asking them if they got engaged the night before. <laughs> Welp. <laughs> I mean, Gary and Chip have both met my mother, so they kind of know that is something that she would do. Just. And you guys, you guys were pretty young, right? Like Tim got engaged at what, 23, 24, something like that? Um, I think it was 23. No, he, he was. Married. He got married at twenty-three. Yeah, got engaged at twenty-two. Slightly different generations now, right? But but I guess maybe that was a little bit more normalized back then. But when you know, you know. Um, no, talk I, about I think Tim and I were both kind of the the two youngest. Chip was what another three years after that. Yeah, and I think Gary was probably another seven or eight years after that. Uh, yeah, first marriage was in '98. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't that normal. It was still young then too. So <laughs> we're only ten years older than you, man. Slow down. All right, all right. You know, a lot can happen in ten years. Um, <laughs> Billy, Billy, I got to talk about the story. So, so I felt like I never knew who you were, but I'd heard this story a bunch. And Tim has mocked the word current forever because of this. You got to tell this from your voice the same way you did a few weeks back, because this is truly one of Tim's favorite stories. <laughs> yeah. Tim gave me shit about it pretty much for 30 plus years. Um, <laughs> no, at Tim's wedding, uh, I was honored to be his best man. And of course I had to give a speech. Um, 
you know, you kind of go through it. What am I going to say? Had it all kind of lined out, left my notes back in the room. So when it came time to give the speech, I'm doing it off the cuff. And I just wanted to thank Tim and Karn for introducing them to my wife. We'd been married a year at that point. Um, but I had a slip of the tongue and I wanted to thank them for introducing them to my current wife. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Danielle had left the room at that point and she didn't ever hear that comment, but she got told it very quickly when she came back in. I didn't even realize it until afterwards. And they told me and I was like, no, nah, I didn't do it. Then they showed me the wedding video and I was like, oh, yeah, I did it. So after that, Tim proceeded to, anytime I had to ask Danielle for anything, it was, hey, did you ask your current wife? What did your current <laughs> wife say about that? Introducing you at formal Are you events. Sure say, okay. This is Billy Jacks and his current wife. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the first and, stories. And actually, even in early, in early May, we all got together for kind of a sort of getaway up at Lake Conroe. And some question came up and Tim just looked at me and he was like, so what does your current wife say about that? <laughs> but usually when he would say, he, you, know, you know how he would kind of twist his head, he would get that little expression on his face and emphasize the word current. You knew it was coming. So that was always fun. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is Jeremy and his current wife. He did that to me once. He's like, no, there's a story behind it, but don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so then to actually hear you deliver that story was, was that's just so Tim though, man. You gave him that opportunity and he took it. And rode with it forever. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh. This has been um, this has been really hard. Um, you know, Chip. I actually thought about you last week. You sent us a picture of of uh, everybody. Or I think it was you and your son at that A and M baseball game. And I, and I have to imagine your your thoughts wandered at points, and you probably thought a little bit about about Tim, because that was the type of thing that he would want to go to and you guys would have had fun going to. And I think the hardest thing for me to accept in all this was just the the future plans that we'd made. You know, like I've never been to A&M, right? I've never been to Calfield. We were going to go to the UMass game on November 19th. Like I, maybe I go, maybe I don't, but it's certainly not going to be the same. You know, I'm curious, Chip, like when you were out there, did you have some moments of reflection where you got to think about Tim? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, going back maybe, I don't maybe 2016, 17, a had a, a, a rare occasion of having a really good basketball team. And um, we were, it was us in Kentucky in the SEC is the best team. And um, I remember the, the last day of the regular season, uh, my wife was out of town. Um, I was bored and went to a sports bar. And uh, when we secured the number one seed, I was three or four beers in and I texted uh, um, everybody here today and a couple others, including Tim, say, who, who's, you know, who, who wants to burn some frequent flyer miles and go to Nashville for the SEC tournament next weekend? Nice. And damn it, Tim, it's like, I'm in. And uh, I had to pause like, oh, shit, he just called my bluff. Like, I guess now I got to go. go now. now I got to go. So, so Tim and I went to the SEC basketball tournament and just had an absolute blast of a time. And uh, so going to the College World Series when this, this year A&M was not expected to have a good baseball team at all. I mean, that is – Tim would have been there. And I couldn't tell you how many times I said Tim would have freaking been here right now. And, and actually, um, I ended up going just me, my son, and one of his best friends who is uh, 
an, an avid uh, tripping over the barrel uh, listener. So uh, uh, named Connor Whiteford. So um, um, yeah, he, he was, he was in a lot of the, you know, he, he came up in discussion a lot over the weekend. I mean, it was absolutely something I, I, uh, I messaged uh, one of Tim's daughters, Aaron, like Tim, Tim would totally be here. She's like, absolutely. And I sent her a couple of pictures too. And it felt good to do that. And um, yeah, he was definitely in my thoughts this weekend because I, I'm, hundred percent sure he'd have, he'd have made the trip somehow. Yeah, man. You we know, I, back when we were in college though, man, we would go out, we went to the pigskin classic. We all piled into a van and drove out there. I mean, yeah, we had seven, of- we had seven dudes that, that rented a brand new van. It had 12 miles on it when we picked it up. And when we turned it in, that thing was not brand new anymore, but yeah, there were seven <laughs> of us that made a road trip to LA from college station. Oh, I saw some of those pictures. It might have been Facebook or something, but that looked like a pretty epic trip. And is that when you guys went up to Pepperdine and rolled down the hill? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I was listening to the Mike Umbro episode not too long ago when I was about to head out to California. And we talked about Pepperdine because, you know, Tim and I, and I guess everybody loves these beautiful places, but how idyllic is Pepperdine? He's like, well, I got a story about that. So you guys (laughs) were the ones rolling down the damn hill. Yes. Yep. It was definitely fun, man. I would do that again. <laughs> oh, man, that was beautiful. So who did they play? UCLA or something like that? We played Stanford. It was one of those games where it was it was a neutral site. So we, we played in Anaheim. But it was against Stanford. It was like the first game of the year. Did you win? We won 10-7. to 7. Oh, right. Not a very entertaining game. No. Yeah, but the fact that you were there, right? I mean, that's yeah. the... That's the beauty of it. And t- talk a little bit about, um, I want to talk about Karin because Karin to me was the perfect foil to Tim. Tim was this like giddy, jovial, fun guy. And Karin had that too, but she was even more pragmatic than him. And I just loved the way that they would go back and forth because it felt like she would bust his balls more than anybody, like sort of like one of the guys, but in a loving way. Um, I don't know her as well as you guys do, certainly. T- tell me a little bit about Karen and, and how she swept him off his feet and just the way that they interacted as a couple. Karen's, wow. Karen's got a very, very dry sense of humor. And yeah, you're right, Jeremy. I mean, perfect foil for Tim. Now she's, you, you know, you, you have to, you, you got to get to get used to her sense of humor because it's, it's always present and, but you don't always recognize it if you don't know her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing to remember is Karen taught junior high, you know, boys for well over 20 years. So Tim just was like another student. And so she never cut him any slack. Well, she, she taught junior high boys with the last name of L- L O S E R. So right, 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 right. But if you're going to give somebody that last name, they have to have a personality like Tim that can turn it yeah. into something amazing right away. Right. Um, I made the mistake once of um, we were working together and I called him and I said, you know, Tim, we haven't talked about your last name a ton. Oh God. That was like a 90 minute conversation. I have a friend, Debbie Lozer, L O E S E R. Well, 
depending on where she's from, we may have had the same family either in Indiana, Eastern Iowa, or Western Pennsylvania. Since they were in New Jersey, I'm thinking Western Pennsylvania. I'm like, this guy, this guy. <laughs> and, it, and he wasn't wrong, right? Like he'd done the history. He looked at the books. He traveled to these places to ensure that there still was that change in name, right? Um, just such a, such a fun and, and quirky guy. I, I want your opinions guys, especially Billy. Like when Tim told you guys he was going to do a podcast, what'd you think? It didn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I mean, of course, of course you are. The talker. He also was going to do like stand up comedy. You remember him doing his stand up comedy routines on us? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That, that's, not, that's not a shocking thing at all for him. He would have been great at that. Yeah, yeah this, was, know, this was a good outlet. Go ahead, Bill. And, and Tim was always really good in front of a crowd. I mean, his software demos, he'd get in front of two or 300 people at some of these big shows. And the Tim that we saw all the time just came out. Yeah. And Do you so ever see him nervous? To, you ever see him nervous? Really angry, really angry or really nervous? Not me. Uh, well, my wedding day before you proposed. There you go. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Not angry, though. I don't think he had anything angry in him. No. Nope. Um, just the one possum that left him handicapped in his driveway that night. Blew out his knee. Yeah, yeah when he blew out his knee. We haven't told that one yet. So who, who knows that story well? Because I've heard it probably six or seven times. One of you guys knows it better. Uh that actually goes back to our intramural days. And in one of the tournaments we were playing, Tim was at bat. He took a big, mighty swing, just corkscrewed right into the ground, <laughs> you know, and kind of hurt his knee. And I don't think his knee ever really fully recovered from that. So fast forward, and he was probably early 40s, maybe somewhere around that age, right about the time you met him. Yeah. And the family had come home from, I don't know, dinner, movies, somewhere. But anyway, it was dark. And they got there and pulled in the driveway, saw these kind of shining kind of eyes looking back at them. And Tim realized it was a possum that had been getting in their trash can. And Tim and Karn live pretty much in the country. I mean, there's a couple of pastures that used to be behind their house, a big horse farm. Tim was just going to scare the possum over. And he picked up a bat and was going to, throw it at the, the possum and he took one step, twisted, his knee buckled and he hit the ground. <laughs> then he looked around and realized that Karin and the girls had already gone in the house. <laughs> he didn't have his phone on him. He couldn't call. Oh my God. So it's like 10 o'clock at night and Tim is in his driveway yelling at Karin ah. to try to come help him. Karin had gone in the house and gone back in the bathroom uh, to get ready for bed and she never heard him. So Tim had to crawl on his hands and knees to the front door and actually crawl into the house. Uh, and at that point, Karn finally heard him and they put ice on his knee. <laughs> but then the whole next week, he had to tell the doctor about how he blew out his knee trying to hit a possum in his driveway in the dark. See, a lot of people would just make up stories. Tim's like, oh, no, I got the true story for you. Man, that is fantastic stuff. Um what else? Any other stories, fellas? I had one I was going to tell because it was it's uh, more recent for me, but uh, I happened to be I had uh, 
my current wife. So this actually does work for this one. My yes, current wife the, and the, I the appropriate use of that term, Billy. Yes, that is very well done. Very well done. Oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> we were out on our very first date, and I don't know why, but for some reason, all of these clowns were together, and oh. they decided to text me for no real reason, and me, being the idiot that I am, decided to reply. Yeah. And after the second or third one, Amanda said, do you need to take this? And I was like, no, I'll put it down. And then Tim starts some more. So I pick the phone back up and I reply and I go, Hey man, I'm on a date. <laughs> they knew that I was divorced dating. And so what happens next is Tim freaking calls me <laughs> in the middle of the date. And Amanda goes, well, you got to take it now. You've been texting with them. All night. <laughs> so I pick it up and Tim proceeds to ask like a thousand questions like he does. And I'll speak your phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, yeah. Cause he's like, at one point he's like, no, I need to ask, what's her name again? Amanda. I need to ask Amanda these questions. Put me on speaker. Oh my God. <laughs> and one of the, and it's classic Tim too. He goes, he starts pulling out all the stuff that I really don't want to reveal on a first date, but he goes, Hey, did you know that Gary likes to tickle his women? And I'm like, wait a minute, Tim, oh what God. are you doing? <laughs> Tell me there was whiskey involved at least. Oh, I don't know on their end. On my end, we were we were definitely having whiskey and other things. <laughs> anyway, it, worked out. it wasn't too embarrassing, but it was one of those things where I was like, Tim, really? Let's not go there right now, man. It's a first date. <laughs> but it worked. It did, yes. It was very endearing. And actually, actually when COVID hit, you know, you, this group was one of the very first ones. We had our uh, happy hour, virtual happy hour all together and had fun doing that. Those were some wild times, man. Yeah. Uh, You know, I, I went down to Houston this week. I went down to Ertech, um, which was a fun conference. The weather was actually tolerable, I feel like, this week. Um, and I guess the the term that I would use for me was was just weird because uh, Tim was always going to events like that. We'd always walk the floor together and get a drink. Like, that was when we had a chance to catch up and we weren't working together. And um, that was not a part of this current trip and obviously a uh, – a means of reflection, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I miss the guy, man. I miss my friend. And, and, um, you know, one part of me is, uh, very empathetic and, and sad for you guys, uh, because of the relationship you had. I know how close I am with my college friends. I'm also a little bit jealous that you got two more decades than I did with the guy because it was freaking nonstop entertainment and, and hilarity. Um, and, you know, I appreciate you guys making the time to, to come on this, Episode 100 was always going to be a special one. We talked about getting like Vicky Holub or, or uh, Harold Ham or like one of the industry celebrities on. And uh, this is far more meaningful having you guys. So I'll leave it there unless you have any well wishes for the family or any final thoughts. No, it's like you said, Jeremy, it's, it, there's, there's just a hole in my world now, you know, and it's uh tough to come to grips with, but I, I appreciate you putting this together. It's, you know, um, I'm honored to be part of it. So am I. Appreciate yeah, you guys. No, thanks, Jeremy. It's, uh, you know, my Friday morning routine was always kind of driving in, listening to, to you and Tim. And most of the time he'd give me a heads up what the topic was going to be. 
kind of bit. So it was always kind of like I always had the insider scoop of who they talked to, what they were talking about, kind of stuff. And, you know, even the last couple of weeks, it's like Friday comes around and it's like, oh, you know, I really don't have anything to listen to. But anyway, I appreciate you putting all this together for us and letting us come on. Yeah, I wish I didn't have to, right? It's just sort of here where we are. And I think the surrealness of it is um, is pretty stark. A lot of people, I think, heard that he passed away um, and had cancer at the same time. I think at least those of us here had a tiny bit of time to process it, but it doesn't make it suck um, any less right now. So I'm going to do what I can to honor him beyond just this podcast. I'm not the type of person that just forgets. Um, so it, whether it's finding ways to implement some of his personality or, or, uh, you know, all the things that he provided me past and current, uh, I want to make sure that I, um, continue to honor him in whatever we do going forward. But for those of us, for everybody listening, I, I greatly appreciate it. And, and for you fellas, I'm, um, endlessly sorry for your loss and have a great appreciation for you coming on today. 